This episode of Today, Maybe Forever is presented in collaboration with the Atlanta Mayor's Office of Cultural Affairs. This is Today, Maybe Forever. I'm Floyd Hall, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with photographer Kaya Ferry. Kaya, how are you? I am awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Do you remember your first favorite photo? Whoa, my first favorite photo. That that you shot. Oh, that I shot? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. My first favorite photo. I don't know what my first favorite photo is, but my favorite photo that I've shot so far is, um, man, I can't remember the name of it, but I have to describe it. I know people will know it. It's the two girls in a bathtub. Um, the two girls in a bathtub uh, covered by flowers. And I love that because it's, it's just sister love, yo. I was hoping that people wouldn't take it another way and they didn't. They saw it for exactly what I was trying to put out with that photo, the feeling they completely got it. And that's why I love that photo and it's my favorite. It's, uh, it's a yin yang piece. And it's basically, yeah, having your sister's back, your sister having your back. We are currently sitting in the exhibition space of Gallery 72 and the exhibition on display now is Rusty Miller, The Compassionate Eye in Forgotten Atlanta. What's your response to this exhibition? First off, whoa. You know, I've never seen Atlanta like this before. So it's really interesting to see it in this, you know, civil rights era. And it straight up reminds me of where I grew up. I'm from Mississippi. Like this looks like my mom's hometown. And it's crazy to see this big city that I live in now looking like this tiny country, you know, town that I grew up in. So yeah, my mind is blown. It's amazing. What jumps out at you um, about the scenes or the composition of the photographs? So like taking photos of people out and about is one of my weaknesses. And I love how these photos kind of look like just a peek into what they're doing. He doesn't seem like he was intrusive in anything that he was doing. It's almost like he was peeking over someone's shoulder or, you know, caught them really quickly in a blink. Even the close-ups on the bus in the other room. I'm looking at him like, it's like he's there, but he's not there. And I marvel at how, you know, he took those pictures without really intruding upon the scene and the mood of whatever he was trying to get in each shot. Yeah, I mean, and going back to your point about the timeline, even though these photographs um, are from the 60s and, 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 and 70s, it shows you how, how fast Atlanta changes. Oh, because yeah. it doesn't feel like it's, it was that far ago. But in those photographs, that's a lifetime ago, or mm-hmm. two lifetimes ago. Mm-hmm. What do you take from that in terms of what you see about Atlanta? Like, I mean, you, you, you're not from Atlanta, but you've been here for 20 years at this oh, point. I'm from here now. <laughs> um, you know, when you look at those faces or just look at those, those scenes um, and then looking out the window now at, at this other city that feels a lifetime away, what does it make you feel about Atlanta and maybe the, the people who were there then and the folks who are here now? Some of it honestly reminds me of what the neighborhood still looked like when I got here in 95. We got here in 95. You know, it still looked like this in some areas and all those areas have been wiped away now like 
I love that we have these pictures so people do know what Atlanta used to look like. Because a lot of people don't know old Atlanta. I don't even know this Atlanta. But it doesn't look like the Atlanta we have today at all. So it definitely takes me back to a happy place because that's the Atlanta that I love. So going back into happy places, talk about your, your first foray or your initial foray into photography yourself. Well, officially, I've had a camera in my hand since I was like three. Mm -hmm. I put that on my Instagram every couple months. It's my favorite throwback Thursday. Me, crazy hair, no pants, t-shirt, and a camera on a stool. But I did not start doing it in art shows. I did not start putting my pieces in art shows until almost a decade ago, maybe nine years ago, when my son was two, when I started hanging out at City of Ink. And, you know, I told, I became friends with the people there. They started seeing the things that I just would shoot randomly. And I started being told, give me a piece for this show. Give me a piece for this show. Every time there was a show, Mr. Soul, Kevin was hitting me. I need a piece for the show. <laughs> there was no like submitting or no choice. It was, you know, you're here, you're gonna show, we're gonna put you out there. And that's where I had my first solo show in 2013. And I don't know, I just kept going. It's my art, it's my therapy. It's the one, one of the few things in my life that I have complete control over. So I just like to let it go where it goes. I'm having fun with it right now. Compassion is the word that shows up in the title of this exhibition. And when I saw that word and when I saw and look at your work, I feel like there's a certain sense of, of compassion. I, I look at your, your work, I look at your subjects, and I feel like you're, the way in which you train your camera on your subject feels like there's a lot of compassion there. And I'm curious about how you have evolved in terms of what you shoot, how you, how you think about framing those images, and maybe just even um, the bigger ideas around what you're trying to accomplish with that work. Most of my series comes from my friends. My subjects are my friends. That's where you see that compassion. Like, the kind of person I am, I can't just, I have to connect with the subject. So all of my muses, they're not models, they're not random people, they are my family, you know? So when I first started shooting, it was just, you know, my female friends. And a lot of my collections at the time came from what we were going through. So I had one series that was called Warrior Women, because at that time, it seemed like everybody was going through something, but we were still pushing through and persevering. And then the series after that was basically just love yourself. And it was different ways that um, women take care of themselves, self-love, self-care, just making sure that you know you love yourself above all else. So my series and my collections and all of my thoughts come from my life. And when I compose them, I see the pieces in my head. I can't draw. Oh God, I wish I could draw. If I could draw, I would be on a whole nother level. But instead of drawing, I figure out how to compose those pieces with my friends, my camera, everything else. They're very thought out. Like I, I do sketch them out and I sit on them for a while before I actually plan the shoot to do them. And those that people tend to take the most liking to, like the ones that people really, really, really love are the ones that I really spend a lot of time planning. Not just by myself, but with the muses as well. So my heart goes into those pieces. Take me through some of the, um, take me through what happens outside of the actual photograph because I feel like for a lot of your work what I what I what I see of it on Instagram 
in terms of behind the scenes, to me it always feels like there's there's some sort of rapport that you're establishing with the person. And and I think more so I'm I'm, I'm really aiming this more so at the, the images featuring women. And I feel like for a while, a lot of your subjects were women. And so thinking about what those dialogues are like when the camera isn't on or when, it, when it's, it's not up, so to speak. Um, talk to me about those moments. It's crazy because the actual photo shoot takes no time at all. Really, it is the talking and the conversation. But honestly, my photo shoots are therapy sessions. You know, we've already discussed what we're going to shoot. We've got that straight. That's more so me and also, um, you know, directing them when we shoot. But a lot of times before the shoot, for example, it's not women that I'm shooting in the chair right now, but have you seen my uh, photos of my chair sessions? I have, yeah. Those chair sessions, the shoots, take 15 to 20 minutes. We talk for at least an hour, sometimes two, before. It's not just about the shoot, it's the space and it's the energy that it's something you have to come and sit in the chair. It's something about that space that people just feel comfortable and they open up. Mm -hmm. And it's literally a therapy session. I've started putting a hashtag, come and talk with me, or come and talk to me after the Jodeci song, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. on my shoots now. Because, and we're not, like I said, necessarily talking about the shoot. We're talking about art, we're talking about life. We're talking about things we might not necessarily discuss with other people. It's, it's just an experience. It's hard to describe. And what have you gotten out of that? What have I gotten out of that? Yeah. Oh, the energy exchange is awesome. I'm very particular about who I let in my chair. Um, very sensitive to people's energies, and I just don't, you know, want anybody up in my, you know, up in my personal space. But number one, the art that I'm working on right now, again, because who I'm specific with, who I put in the chair they help me with what I'm working on because mm -hmm. it's like a whole new world for me with these collages. I know photography, I know editing, but I don't know fine art. So it's an educational session for me too. I always tell the people that come, you know, you're going to talk to me, but I'm going to pick your brain. I'm going to ask questions. And depending on who it is, I normally have questions already lined up, either written down or in my head that I want them to help me with, with the projects that I'm working with. And then we get to the shoot. <laughs> so yeah, it's a like I said, it's a whole experience. It's not just a photo shoot. You mentioned collaging, and I do know because we happen to be there at the same time that uh, you had a chance to meet Deborah Roberts, mm. and um, that show that was at Spelman, which was called Deborah Roberts: The Evolution, Evolution of, of Mimi. Mimi. Yeah, um, we saw each other at, at some of those happenings for that exhibition at at, at uh, Spelman's museum. What did that mean to you? Um, what did that represent to you? Because this is a moment where a shift happened, and I think we don't oftentimes get a chance to talk to an artist while a shift is happening. So what did experiencing her work mean for you, and um, where are you now with that? Whew. That was... I don't remember if I saw you at the opening or not, but when I went to the opening, my friend, you know, uh, Theo works in the museum, mm -hmm. helps curate the show. So when I walked in, it was actually before the show had opened. I got there early, and I was just trying to just take it all in. I can't even describe the rush of emotions and feelings that I had when I walked in there. First, just reading her story on the wall, and then just knowing the story that came along with the pieces. It really did represent us. It really did take me back to when I was a little girl trying to figure out myself and just wanted to be confident in myself. 
and that's what I absolutely loved about it. But then when I met her, uh, Theo introduced me to her, and it was just really quick. It was a real talk, hug, I love your work, blah, blah, blah. But it wasn't until the gallery walk that I actually talked to her, and I showed her my work. And I mm. told her, I was like, yo, this is your fault. I waited till, I watched everybody, you know, everybody came and talked to her while they were, you know, getting the signatures on the um, posters. And I sat there and I watched her look at the, everybody's work that was sharing with her and just watched how she talked to everybody else. So I waited till everybody was done. And I walked up to her and I was like, you know, I saw everybody else doing it. And I was so nervous, but I decided that 2018 is the year that I shoot my shot because you can't score unless you shoot. You know, closed mouth, don't get fed, all that, that. I'm shooting them all and I'm scoring too. <laughs> so I showed her my work and she, she went like this and she like clutched her chest and she said, oh. And then she said, ooh. And then she's looking at it and then she's, <laughs> she started hollering. She said, get her out of here. She said, get her out of here. She's gonna have me and my work off these walls soon. And I got a little tear in my eye because she didn't really react like that to nobody else. And then she looked at me and she just said, just keep cutting. And you know, that's what I'm doing. I'm just keeping cutting it. She's my Facebook friend now, and I get all excited and giddy when she likes my work, when I post it. Like, she's my art she wrote, and I've told her that. So I hope to one day, and I'm going to speak it. I want to do a studio visit. I want to go to Austin. I want to see her work. I want to see her space. So from an artistic standpoint, or I guess maybe from an aesthetic standpoint, talk about the collage work and what you're incorporating into that. What are you exploring with your collage um, photography? So all of my collage pieces, all of the, everything is mine, mm -hmm. you know. There are several collage artists that I'm following. Uh, Deborah's one, um, a friend of mine, Miriam. I'm working on the actual piece for her that I'm doing now. Her work is absolutely beautiful. Um, I've always loved the work of Renee Cox. I told somebody I wanted to be like her. They were like, she's wild. I was like, I know. But all of the photography in my collages is taken by me. You know, I've started traveling now this year since I'm not teaching anymore. So when I first started, all of the flowers in those pieces were flowers that came from my trip to Belize. The ones that I'm working on now, flowers that came from my trip to Italy. One of my favorite artists is Alphonse Mucha. I love his Art Deco, you know, work from the 20s, 30s. I've been a fan. I, one of my first art shows that I did with a friend of mine was actually based off his work. So right now, my work is kind of based off his. And it's funny because I've started Googling other artists and references that they use. Kehinde Wiley and uh, what's her name? Uh, the, uh, the other one, Ashley. That did, I can't say her name. Amy Cheryl. Yeah, yeah. Why'd I say Ashley? But you know who I'm talking mm -hmm. about. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's so many artists right now that if you don't know, their references come from classical art way back in the day. And I actually started Googling where their references came from. And like I said, you wouldn't know unless you really looked into it or unless you are really deep into art history. So it's always neat when I tell people who my work is based off of because he's one of my favorite artists. And then I show them and they see it. And I love that they can see that his work influences me, but it's not a direct replica of his work. So, yeah. And I like to call it evolution because I always like to be different. I'm always trying to pave my own path. And I feel like I found it now. And I feel like I'm evolving into whatever it is that I'm meant to be. I feel like you're more confident right now. In, in, in many ways, but within your art practice, I feel like you have evolved from that artist who was submitting work because someone said, hey, we need a piece from you, to directing and shaping what you're working on and what you want to present and what you want to explore. Um, so when did, when did or, or what was the moment where 
your voice began to solidify for you? I feel like it's still getting there, mm. you know? Or, I don't know if it ever will be. I went to see Radcliffe Bailey's, um, he did an artist talk. At, okay. What is it, Georgia State, Georgia Tech, couple, whatever it is, a couple, uh, couple months ago. And the one thing that stuck with me was that, like, forever be an emerging artist, you know, forever emerging. You know, I feel like I will forever be emerging and evolving. And I don't know if I'll ever have, like, a concrete style or anything. And I just kind of like that. I like the fact that, you know, I can forever change it up. Like, right now, people are really excited about these collages, but I'm only doing women. They're asking if I'm doing women, if I'm doing men, if I'll use other types of whatever in it. I'm like, yeah, but I have plenty of time to explore that. You know, I like being comfortable with what I'm doing right now. I like having the opportunity to really take the time and dive into it. You know, when I first started doing the collages, people were approaching me for shows. But now I'm telling people, no, I don't want to do any shows for at least the next year. I want to get this collection together and become 100% comfortable in it before I really show it. You know, I'm sharing bits and pieces, but nah, there's not gonna be a whole collection shown until I'm ready, and I like that feeling. When are you at your best as an artist, or as a person, or both? Man, that's a hard question. When am I at my best? I'm trying to think. I don't know, I feel like I'm really at my best Ooh, I really got to think on that one because I'm still trying to figure out when I'm at my best. But I have, let me put it to you this way. With the travel and oddly enough, the isolation that I've been, it's given me time to really dig into myself and figure myself out. So I don't know if I've actually been at my best now, but I feel like right now I'm figuring out how to get there, if that makes any sense. That's what I'm striving to get to, my best. But I'm, again, I'm not trying to rush it. I'm thoroughly enjoying the process of trying to get there. You mentioned that you, you're not doing any shows for another year. You're telling everybody no. Do you have art goals? Would you, would you, would you care to share a couple of those art goals? Or, or, or are we, are we, are we going to speak those into ex ex well, existence? Well, I'm already speaking. I've been okay. working on them. Okay, so, so talk about some of your... Your, your art goals. First and foremost, Spelman College Museum of Art. Okay. I'm gonna be on those walls. Okay. I'm not sure how, I'm not sure when, but I'm, I'm working on it. Okay. I'm definitely going to get in there. Like I'm working on plans to get in there, to help get other people in there too. Like I volunteer there now and I wanna get field trips in that museum. I want little kids in there looking up at those African-American you know, female artists that they don't know exist and they don't know that they can be like. But I want to be one of those artists hanging on the wall eventually, too, you know. Okay. It's the whole spelling thing. I like to have pieces in the house. You know, Renee Cox is my art goal. Deborah Roberts are my art goals. They have exhibits numerous places, traveling all over the world. I want to live off my art. I don't want to be a shooter for hire. You know, as a photographer, people act like you shoot or assume that you shoot everything. I don't. Like, it's just my medium. Photography is my, I like to call myself more so a photo artist versus a photographer. I'm not gonna shoot your birthday party. <laughs> you know, I don't wanna shoot your wedding. I don't wanna do any events. I really don't even like to say I do portraits, even though that is what I do in a chair. I don't want people to think that I wanna do headshots. I wanna shoot what I want to shoot. I want to create what I want to create. It just so happens that my camera is the way that I have to do it. So, yeah, I want to be a photo artist, not just a photographer.
that's what I want to be known for, bringing the art back into photography because it's slowly, slip, not even slowly, it's slipping away. You know, so many people can pick up a camera phone or buy a camera and be like, click, click, I'm a photographer now, but no art, no thought, no composition, no, no heart put into it. I'm trying to bring all that back. <laughs> so yeah, those are my art goals. But first and foremost, I want to hang a Spellman. <laughs> we have not touched on your curation though. Um, last year, or was it? Or was it this year? Was it? Was it February? 20, 20, yeah, 20, 2018. February. You uh, actually curated a show uh, at the South Fulton Art Center. Yeah, South Fulton Art Center. Yes. Yeah. Talk about the process of putting together a show of curating the work of others as well as yourself and what that was like for you. It is totally different being on the curator side. Like, you really do have to be a people person, especially when it's a lot of people. That's a lot of people's egos to massage because the theme was not an easy theme. It was Hood Alchemy. Uh, Ren, sorry Ren, I can't remember your last name, but Ren is also an artist that runs classes and stuff and he works at South Fulton Art Center. He reached out to me to curate the show after I was in another show there that another artist curated. And he left it up to me to gather the artists. And went hard, like, I know a lot. And it was then that I realized how many photographers I knew. Because it ended up being, I think, between 20 and 25 shooters in that show. And some were intimidated because of the pic Again, my shoots are different. And I don't like anybody kind of like basing the, what they need to do on what I do. And the picture that they used on the flyer was a real magical looking picture. And people were like, I can't shoot that. I was like, but that's not what I want. I want your version of Hood Alchemy. So it's like, I had to massage them and get them to understand like, as an artist, it's on you to put forth the message that the theme you know, is trying to give to people. You know, whether they get it or not, dude, it's art. I've been using that as an excuse for a lot of stuff lately. It's art. And if you really think about it, sometimes after you explain it to them or just let them stare at it for a little bit, they'll get it and they'll pull it together. So having to get all of them together and get them to understand that it's, again, it's not just about the shot, it's about the art of the shot and telling the story. It was a lot. I don't know when I'll do it again, <laughs> but I do love the fact that they all did, you know, after we talked, they went in and it was beautiful. It was a beautiful event. You know, the, the, the center loved it. They got a great response. The artists loved it. Notice I said artists and not photographers. And it's something I'd like to do again, but not in the near future. <laughs> you talk about the community of, of artists that you work with, work around, um, get inspired by. Um, talk about what that means to you in terms of your, your life as an artist here in Atlanta. If, okay, there are a lot of cliques in Atlanta, a lot of art cliques, and I like to kind of float on the outskirts of some, but I almost kind of feel like, I don't want to say I'm forming an art clique, but it's like my friends from the different circles, we all kind of come together. Like, for example, random enough, my birthday party, everybody in there. I actually all met them in some way through City of Ink. Every single person in there. But they all also come from different circles, different type of artists. So it feels good because it's nice to have a circle of people to bounce your ideas off of. As I work through these collages, I have like four or five people. As I work through them, I send them 
photos of what I'm doing. I don't share any of these online. I send the photos to them and they give their suggestions. And I love the fact that they give constructive criticism. You know, on Instagram, you can post anything and folks are like, oh, yo, that's dope. No, my friends are like, no, don't do that. Change this or try it this way. That's what I love about having that circle. They're not just there to hype you up. They're there to make you better. And yeah, that's what I needed at the time. And I'm really grateful to have those people now. So as we wrap up, next steps for you, next moments for you, artistically, personally, what is, what is inspiring you right now, just in this immediate moment? Right now, I think I said that a lot of my collections come from my friends, but I kind of think I'm inspiring myself right now just because there's a lot of stuff going on and I could be folding and putting myself in a hole and just not trying to dig with all of it and, you know, deal with any of it. But instead, I'm channeling it through my art and making it into something beautiful. So I'm kind of my own inspiration right now. And I like that because it's helping me to push forward and to channel the energy that would normally be nervous, anxious, sad, upset energy and transforming it into something beautiful. You know, I put one time that I was told that I shouldn't create out of pain. I don't always create out of pain, but sometimes I do. But I feel like there are worse things that I could do. I, you know, I'd rather channel that energy into doing something creative because it always makes me feel better. It's almost like getting it out of my body versus holding it in and it getting out someplace else. So right now I'm kind of inspiring myself to keep going. And future goals, still working on that too. But I just want to get this collection together. You know, once I get a good group of these collages, then I'll know what the next step is. And I already have people coming to me about shows, so I'm keeping that in mind because I do want to get a show when I'm ready, but I just don't want to rush into it. I'm thoroughly enjoying taking my time right now. Kaya Ferry, photo artist and curator, thank you so much for your time. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me.